I'd like to apologize in advance for my voice during this episode. We recorded it the day after Froshmink, and seeing as I was hashtag going hard, my voice is a tad scratchy. So please focus on Muhammad's beautiful voice over the course of this interview. where we interview University of Toronto students on uh, interesting things and adventures that they had away from home for a year. So we'll probably be starting with a lot of uh, PEY, professional experience year students, who had interesting experiences at home and abroad. We might branch out to other parts. Uh, My name is Ilya. I am a University of Toronto industrial engineering student uh, in his fourth year. I also went on PEY and I'm very, very interested in the experiences people had, what they learned, and how they have changed. Uh, behind production is Arkadia Hungarotsky, another uh, U of T engineering science student in fourth year, and the mastermind before uh, behind the whole operation. Now, for our first guest, we have Mohammed. Uh, Mohammed, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Mohammed. Uh, so I'm a fourth year industrial engineering student, uh, and uh, Billy and I are actually classmates. So. Uh, what, what do you want to hear about? <laughs> um, I, I'm just like, if you could tell people a little bit about uh, where you went on PUI and how that, yeah, and how that came about. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I was very fortunate in PUI. I was able to do uh, four internships in tech in four different cities. Uh, so San Francisco, Toronto, London uh, in England, and then Seattle. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I, uh, I did four different internships, uh, one at Facebook, uh, the first one at Facebook, then the next one at Drop, which is a startup in Toronto, uh, the third one at Facebook, but this time in London, and then the fourth one at Microsoft. Right. And what were you doing primarily? Sure. So um, the first three internships were as a software engineer. And so a lot of what I did was uh, just uh, coding on whatever apps and features that we were working on uh, and then the last internship at Microsoft was as a program manager uh, also colloquially known as a product manager mm-hmm. where essentially uh, I helped create the specs for a feature that we're going to be releasing in the future. Cool so um, this is I think really interesting because you took a path that is against what most people call a professional experience year. Usually students do at least 12, if not 16 months with a single company. So um, I know you put a lot of effort into actually like seeking out these job opportunities. I know that's something you're quite passionate about. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've been very fortunate in that I've had a lot of people, good people push me. Uh, And so one of the things that I quickly realized was that I wanted to work in technology and kind of looking at the different sort of uh, internships and opportunities in technology, I realized all the big technology companies offer three-month internships. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, and because I knew that getting big company experience was important, I thought, okay, let me see if I can try and line something else. And so what I did is that I think I applied to like one to 200 different like big tech companies. 
and of those are one and two hundred one to two hundred applications I think I only got like two or three or four interviews uh, one of which was with Facebook and so I did the interviews and uh, I guess they liked me enough <laughs> to give me an offer um, and so what ended up happening is that I got my sort of like summer experience down and then I was like trying to figure out uh, what I wanted to do and I, I had known that a lot of people had done the four or four month internship thing and for me it would really like what I realized is, is that like uh, I was like okay I have Facebook now like what if what if I just kind of do that and come back to school but a really good friend of mine Dutch was like no nah, you have to you have to really realize that like this year is the best opportunity for you to learn and explore and grow and try different things and so he kind of pushed me to try different things um, and so what ended up happening is that uh, right before the summer I was able to kind of reach out to different companies in Toronto because I wanted to come back home and uh, I got a job with a company in Toronto called Drop. What does Drop do? So Drop is a company uh, they, they have an app where you can link your credit card or your debit card and essentially what you what they do is that they can track your purchases and provide, give you points and rewards uh, based upon where you make purchases and these rewards can then be used to redeem for like gift cards and other Rewards. Similar concept to something like air miles. Or yeah, like cash back. Exactly. exactly. So it's like air miles for like the twenty first century. Right. Um, Drop is Drop was like a re- is a really was a really cool place because they're at a stage where uh, they were pretty much raising like a really big Series A, and mm-hmm. I actually got to be there during that time and see what happened when they signed the term sheet and all of that. And then later on, whenever all the news broke out a few a few months later. Uh, because they had like a controlled press release. I was like, yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, you were excited about that. Uh, I'm definitely going to ask you more about your experience at each of these companies, but uh, I think something interesting to talk about is how you built yourself uh, up to the point of being able to contribute to these places. Yeah. Uh, because you were an industrial engineering student where while we learn programming and we have some tech skills not typically associated with being like hardcore developers at yeah. these kinds of companies. Um, and um, you also didn't hang your hat exclusively on academics. Yeah. So um, could you talk a little bit through the journey you had towards wanting to be a developer? Like yeah, these kind sure. of places. So one thing that I'm really fortunate for in my life is that I have a lot of really great mentors uh, and people who kind of have been help, helping guide me like throughout school. Uh, one of which was uh, like an upper year in size named Shumps and essentially he started a company and it got acquired and he was like kind of the CTO and like the main tech person in the company. Mm-hmm. And so throughout university, one of the things that he kind of pushed me to do was like learn how to code. And so as a result of that, what ended up happening is that uh, I just kind of like through different projects that he'd give me or different things we do together, I kind of like slowly learned how to learn the basics of coding. Um, and then the summer of second year, I was like lucky enough to somehow land an internship at a startup in Toronto called uh, Shoelace. <laughs> and uh, essentially that is where I feel like I learned a lot because it was working on like a team, a company with like I think like three or four developers at that time, including me, and so it was like very small. And uh, because it was a startup, things had to move very quickly. We had to ship code very like frequently, and so as a result of that, uh, that whole summer is literally me putting my head down and just coding away. So through that, I learned a ton, 
Um, and the good thing about that was that because I learned a ton, I also was like doing my own research on the job application process because I really wanted to work at a big company because mm-hmm. I realized that working at a small company, while it provides you a lot of opportunity to execute, it doesn't provide you with like the mentorship and the growth and the sort of like rigor slash structure that a big company provides. Right. And so I was like, okay, let me see if I can go to a big company and let me see what the process is like. And so in figuring out the process and in figuring out all of that, uh, I was able to like apply really early and uh, in applying very early, I was able to kind of know exactly what each and every single interview had. And so even though I only had like a few interviews, I knew exactly what to expect and I had practiced so much to the point where I was just super prepared and I knew how to like ace every interview I had. So what does that practicing and figuring out the process actually look sure. like? So it's like, a, it's like a really weird process. Uh, part of it is like understanding the sort of, the sort of like person that these different companies look for. Um, so one of the things that I realized kind of like early on in school was that um, like I'm pretty average when it comes to UFT <laughs> engineering. Like you go, you go through high school and you're just like, oh, I'm tough shit. I'm like one of the smartest kids in class. Like right. I know everything. And you go to university and you're like, wow. All these other people are the same thing. I'm actually pretty dumb. <laughs> and so like, just like realizing that was really helpful because um, it made me realize that it's not just about like marks because like there are infinitely smart people everywhere, but it's the smart people who do things with that smart and like it's what you do with that smart that really mm-hmm. matters. And so for me, um, I like slowly tried to like get involved in around school and like tried to get around involved in and around my community. And mm-hmm. so part of like preparing, I guess, was like being able to like get involved, learning different skills. Um, so for example, in first year, one of the things I did is that I helped with your next career network, which is this like student organization uh, that's kind of devoted to career development. Mm-hmm. Uh, by going through that, I learned a lot of these sort of like skills that it takes to reach out to people, like uh, sending cold emails, things like that. And those skills like translate really well to like the job hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like actual like interviewing skills as well, um, there's like a lot of resources online that you can look at. Like for example, um, there's this like there's tons of like different like write-ups people have written. Like for example, there's this one called Getting a Gig, um, and that's like on GitHub or something where you can actually find written out these sort of steps to like getting an internship. Also, there's this really amazing book that everybody calls the Bible called Cracking mm-hmm. the Coding Interview by mm-hmm. Gail Lockman McDowell. That's like literally the Bible for like tech software engineering. Right. And so well, like the thing, the thing that I did a lot of was like reading that, understanding the interview process, doing mock interviews with people, just really like drilling down on what it means to really interview for these companies and figuring out what these companies are looking for and trying to sort of like exemplify it. Gotcha. Um, but the thing for me is is that even though that was the case, I feel like for me, a lot of the things I do are things that I kind of want to do for myself. And so I would like pick things that I'd want to do that, that were interesting to me as opposed to things that would like bump up my resume. Right. Um, coincidentally, those things overlapped. So I guess like the main thing that you need to focus on is like making an impact in some way, mm-hmm. wherever you are. And... Um, making sure that you deeply understand what it is that your career path is looking for and make sure that you are super prepared so that whenever you get your opportunity, like you get one, your one shot, you just kill it. 
Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, thank you for that. So let's get into the internships themselves. So your first one was at Facebook. Yeah. And I, I remember the moment when you got that internship yeah. because you we were about to go into an exam and you called me and you sounded like you had just drank 10 cups of coffee in a minute. Uh, <laughs> and like, like you, you had a voice that would, would fit Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Uh, and you were, you were telling me about that. Um, so you, you were really, really excited about that. Yeah. Um, did, how was your experience there? Like the first time in California? Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome. Um, I think one of the things that, uh, that I personally do that's like really difficult is, is that I tend to like over emphasize on the goods and like de-emphasize on all the bads. Mm-hmm. So, uh, without a doubt, there were like struggles. Like it was the first time that I really had like moved away from home because, mm-hmm. uh, I commute to school. And so it was my first time where I was like fully away from my family. Uh, for context, like I'm the oldest of five kids and uh, we all live at home with our parents. And so big house, lots of people, very loud. Mm-hmm. And so like going from that to like small house, only me really quiet was very difficult. Um, because you know, you go, you go home and it's just like pin drops Island and that's nice for the first few days. But then afterwards you're like, wow, where's everybody? Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely like felt a bit lonely, but it was super enriching because I was like fortunate enough to meet a few cool people and we hung out over the summer and like the work itself, like going to work at Facebook is like an experience because mm-hmm. you go there and uh, it's literally like Disneyland. Like literally the person who designed Facebook campus is actually the person who designed Disneyland, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And like you go and you like walk around and you feel like you're in this like really cool creative place. Uh, and everybody around you is like super helpful and like there's an experience to it and mm-hmm. you just feel super empowered to like build things and like the thing that I'm really happy about and really proud about is like over the summer I was able to build something that actually released and people actually used it like so what happened is that I was able to like take part in that process of releasing it and, and I saw there was like millions of people who actually used the feature that like I had built and just like thinking about that was like mind-boggling it's amazing are you allowed to talk about what it is yeah about? Uh, it's much less impressive whenever I talk about no, it, 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 it <laughs> like what you're clearly excited about it um it? so essentially like on mess on Facebook so I was on the messenger team so, mm-hmm. uh Facebook messenger um so essentially in Facebook messenger there's this feature where if you wish, if you wish somebody happy birthday, uh, you you'll get a suggestion to like do a few things. Mm-hmm. One of those suggestions is to like send somebody a birthday photo. So whenever you click on sending a birthday photo, you get you get these filters where it says happy birthday and it has the person's profile photo on mm-hmm. it. And um, essentially, I had built like the back end so that that was possible. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why that's why everybody who knows me. Uh, always gets these really weird, wacky uh, birthday photos from me <laughs> uh, because, like, I built that, and so I gotta propagate that everywhere. Um, that's fantastic. Looking forward to that come February. Uh, <laughs> um, so, the next company you worked at was back in Toronto. Yeah, and you worked, you worked at Drop. Yeah. So, 
talk about like that transition between working at this like tech wonderland at yeah. Facebook and then coming back to a company that was doing big things but with what less than 20 people yeah so I think there's like 20 25 ish people whenever I got mm-hmm. to drop uh, that was really exciting because you could see everybody in a room and so you could get involved with like different parts of what the work we were doing and that was really cool um, just like being able to know what's going on in the company like totally and like mm-hmm. the company being super transparent and like super open with how things are going and knowing that things are going really well and knowing that you're contributing to that is pretty awesome mm-hmm. and like the other thing that was pretty cool was that because there were such few people have like your work counted a lot more mm-hmm. uh, like even whenever I was interning at Shoelace I realized this where I wrote a lot of the code that was like foundational to like the company in mm-hmm. like I guess like it sounds kind of braggy, but like, for example, one of the things that like Shoelace did is that they started sending messages to people uh, for whenever whenever they created a marketing campaign for people, mm-hmm. and like I wrote the baseline like code that allowed us to send SMSs to people, um, which 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 sounds impressive, uh, and I feel it's cool, yeah, but like again, take it with a grain of salt, because <laughs> uh, what what looks impressive sometimes isn't actually that impressive and right there's, there's a difference between whether the result is impressive and whether it was actually hard to do exactly there's like a big disconnect there where like sometimes the hardest things to do the results are not all that impressive but like other times the sort of uh, things that are very easy to do uh, are able to have like huge results right I remember when we were talking, we were talking about this in first year, yeah. way before you got as deep into tech as you are now, and we were talking about imposter syndrome, yeah. and about how uh, how prevalent, we were talking about it in our lives. Yeah. Uh, I've heard from a lot of people that imposter syndrome is a big part of the tech industry. So for, for context, imposter syndrome is the feeling that you don't deserve to be where you are and that you are faking it while everybody else is real. And once people find out how much of a fraud you are, you're going to be kicked to the curb. So yeah. that, that's imposter syndrome. It's like literally, you think you're an imposter. Right. <laughs> <As is> in, <laughs> yeah, well said. Um, so um, did that ever hit you in your yeah, time? Yeah, every single day. <laughs> I don't know, like, the weirdest thing for me is like, I see a lot of these things that I'm doing and I'm like, damn, this isn't like all that impressive. Like, you know, um, because you can kind of like break it down to its little parts and be like, okay, like this isn't in- inherently difficult. And so like, for me personally, the thing I struggle with is like, especially in tech, like right now, there's a lot of money poured into it. And so like people are easily making a good amount of money. And that, that kind of scares me because, like, whenever I think about it, I think about, like, 95% of all software engineering jobs, in my personal opinion, mm-hmm. they're all relatively the same. And um, you, what does that mean? Like, a lot of the work that you're doing generally is very kind of repetitive. And it's, like, repetitive in the sense that, like, it's not inherently difficult. It's, like, just, like, doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. um, to be more, I guess, concrete. Imagine if, um, imagine if your job is to be a mathematician. Mm-hmm. I don't know what mathematicians do, so we're going to make this up. Imagine if your job as a mathematician is uh, to, to, to 
integrate random things or like derive, like take a bunch of functions and just derive them. Right. Now, in the beginning, like, you know, it might be a bit hard to like derive these functions, but you slowly like learn the tips and the tricks. You're like, oh, if it's a sign, then maybe you can make it into cos and like, you know, if it's a cos, you do a negative sign. And, sure. Like, like you learn the tips and you learn the tricks and eventually things just become routine and nothing really is a curveball, right? Right. And so, like, to, to other people, I mean, it seemed really cool. All oh, this guy, he's, like, deriving everything. Like, he knows everything. But in actuality, there's, like, just a few, like, a very few number of skills that you kind of need to know. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it just feels like you're just repeating them. Now, with that said, uh, it's important to realize that, like, software engineering as a discipline isn't just about the coding. It's about everything that comes around that. It's about, like, how do you build a system that is scalable? How do you design things in such a way that over time you can use them without like things messing up and that they're extensible? How do you have, how do you work with other people around you and leverage everybody around you so that, um, what's it called, you together as a team are building something great? Mm -hmm. Uh, How are you influencing younger members of the team as you become more senior? And so all of these other skills are like auxiliary. But I guess for me personally, like, the thing that's really difficult is realizing that like all this coding stuff is like not all that hard and sometimes people like look at me as though I'm a wizard because it's like oh he worked at Facebook but I'm like the work I did at Facebook was no different from like the work I did at Drop right um it's just that Facebook has a really big weight associated to its name versus like Drop which is really doing well right now and still has a big name but is not nearly as a big name as Facebook right so that's interesting. Uh, I think we're told a lot that, you know, like soft skills are more important than hard skills. But most of us, you know, think that that's not quite true with highly technical jobs yes. and a lot of engineering jobs. Mm-hmm. And you, you didn't find that. Yeah. I think the one thing with big companies that's really interesting is that for big companies, you need certain big company skills to succeed. Because at that point, because they're such a big company, they can just like pool in talent. They can just like, like, you know, rake in talent. Yes. And so as a result of that, there's probably going to be somebody smarter than you. Mm -hmm. Um, And as with school, you have to do something to like make yourself stand out. Um, And so often at times that means like getting visibility on your work. That means like figuring out how to leverage other people with your work, Mm -hmm. Um, which might not be as like savory as like just, sitting in like crushing code mm-hmm. but those are skills that are necessary to do well because whenever there's like thousands and thousands of super smart talented people around you um you need you need more than just being able to code because you need to be able to coordinate all these people and you need to be able to make sure that everything's running smoothly and that everybody is on the same sort of wavelength. so I'm I'm interested in your third internship, so the one after drop, you were back at Facebook in yeah. London. So were those corporate rules similar to the corporate rules in San Francisco, given that it was yes, the same company? For sure. Um London was weird in that like I feel like in London they tended I wouldn't say a higher standard, but they seemed to be a bit more uh relaxed but intense. Okay. So like people would all like kinda of leave at five, like straight up leave at five. Um, whereas like at Facebook in Menlo Park, um, which is in California, people would kind of just like trickle out. Like I remember my team, they'd work like, like 10 to six or something, um, which is more relaxed, but 
in London, people are more like prompt. Um, the other thing that I realized is like in, in London, I wrote a lot more code and like I was a lot more productive. Um, was that just because you had already learned the Facebook yeah, infrastructure from the exactly, last term? Exactly. So I knew the stack and I understood exactly how everything works. Um, I knew what sort of systems I, I could use and leverage to, to do a better job. And so I think I like, like, I think I was able to like double my code line count, which mm -hmm. sounds impressive again, but take that with a grain of salt because I shipped, like, I still shipped the feature, but like I shipped the feature in my previous internship as well. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, um, but people in London still seem like it felt Facebooky, but like different because there were cultural differences, right? So such as? So uh, I, I remember distinctly having this conversation with a product manager. She was like, yeah, so whenever I talk with London or people from uh, California, it's always really difficult for me. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she said that basically in North America, it's pretty normal to like call out people. So you'll like, suppose if uh, you'll like, present your ideas, somebody else will be like, no, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And then like go on to prove you. Whereas in, in the UK, they tend to be a lot more passive aggressive. And so they won't be like, you're wrong. They'll just like slowly start poking our holes in your argument and be like, hmm, something seems to be wrong here. Uh, and so they're a lot more, a lot less like direct. And so you could kind of tell where sometimes like people were being less direct. Um, but the interesting thing about the Facebook London offices is that they have people from like all over Eastern Europe, like Europe in general. Mm -hmm. um, and so because of that, there was a lot, uh, a lot more different types of people, um, which was fun and interesting to kind of navigate around. Interesting. Actually, let's dig into that diversity for a second, because in I would imagine in Facebook's California office there were people from many different you know, racial and cultural yeah. backgrounds, but most of them were like hyphenated North American, be it American or Canadian. Yeah. Um, versus perhaps like visually there wasn't as much diversity in the London office, but there mm -hmm. were people who came from significantly different cultures. Is yeah, that fair to sure. say? Yeah, so like, for example, there was a lot of people from Eastern Europe. Um, uh, like, w even within the intern class, like, there was uh, a bunch of Brazilians for some reason. Um, there was there was the un-American and the Canadian me. There was uh, somebody from Poland, somebody from, uh, a bunch of people from Ukraine, somebody from, Germany, like literally, like just countries, just the United Nations, but coding. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like within the seventeen sort of interns, I think there's like five to ten different nationalities at least, and that's crazy because like everybody you meet, you would meet in Facebook Memo Park for the most part would be from Canada or America, right? So that like level of diversity was there, uh, which was really cool um, because you got to like learn from different people from different cultures. And um, just like interacting with different people is, is really interesting. Do you like the nature of the work that you did at Drop and Facebook where you were like a strong individual contributor with respect to like you're building the foundational part of the product? Yeah, I think that was fun. Um, the one thing that I realized is like as a software engineer, your primary job is to code. Mm -hmm. And so if you do well enough in that, you have the ability to kind of like reach out and branch out a lot. But the sort of like 
the pitfall of that is that because your primary job is to code, you spend a lot of time doing independent work and you don't get much visibility with a lot of people. Right. You have to seek that out yourself. And so it takes a lot of initiative to do that. And like, that's the thing I need to work on, which is like having that initiative beyond just like initiative within the scope of your work. So that initiative is something like, hey, person I admire, my name is Muhammad. I'm working on this, this, and this feature. What's up? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Being able to reach out to people, being able to talk to different people, understanding different perspectives, especially in a big company, what ends up happening is that because there's so many people, people who know other people, usually are able to like get things done a lot quicker than people who are not. Especially if you're working on something that is cross-disciplinary. Right. Um, As most tech projects tend to be. Yeah. Like, I think Facebook has done a really good job of, like, making product teams independently self-sufficient. So, literally, within a team, uh, you'll have people working on server and you have people working on client, which is essentially the two groups of people that you would need to, like, make a, like, actually build something. Right. Um, Whereas, like, in different other companies, things are set up differently. Um, there might be a lot of external dependencies, which makes it a lot more difficult to be shipping things. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, let's transition to your last internship, which was with Microsoft in yeah. Seattle. So, you were not a software developer yeah. in this case. You were a program manager, a product yeah. manager. So, your primary job was no longer to ship code. Yeah. So, could you talk a little bit about what a program manager at Microsoft or in general does? Yeah. Uh, the one thing about PM, which is really interesting. Uh, PM being product, product manager. Management or, mm-hmm. project, or product management or program management at mm-hmm. Microsoft. They're pretty much the same. The funny thing about PM is that like every time you talk to a product manager, you get the same sort of like wind of the mill answers. Uh, the one answer that you'll always hear is like every day is different. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other answer is, is that you get to work with a lot of different people. Uh, The other answer you get is like, my job is dynamic. No, like no days, no days the same. Like, you know what I mean? Like you you just get these like one of the middle But but none of these people are paid to be dynamic. Like certainly there's more of an output. Yeah, exactly. So like that, that was a weird thing, right? Like you go in and you're like, oh, um, as a product manager, you have to deal with ambiguity. And I'm like, okay. That's, okay, that that's ambiguous. Like, yeah, yeah, come on, deal with it. Yeah, exactly, right. Like, so I think the the one thing that I realized is that a lot of these a lot of these like in jokes are actually like pretty much truths. So as a product manager, you work on a lot of different things. Um, you're able to get a lot of visibility into a lot of different meetings and stuff because what ends up happening is that. Um, Product managers are the ones that set the direction of things. And so part of setting the direction of things is understanding where your thing fits into the bigger picture. And part of that is knowing everybody who works on everything and knows knowing roughly what they're working on. So like does that some context? In in the technology world, a product manager would be like in, in ways, if not hierarchically, uh, a leader of a team of technologists who are working on a on a yeah. product or a part of a product. So the thing about product management, which is really interesting, is that you have what's called influence without authority. Mm-hmm. So, so nobody actually reports to you per se, right? But you have to still like influence people's directions. So it's like a weird sort of like middle ground, right? 
So you're responsible for making sure all of the communication coordination and little things that yeah. are required for the product to happen. Yeah. Happen. Exactly. So um, part of what I did is that like I met up with a bunch of different people on teams that were partnered with our team. Uh, so that I could understand what they're working on, understand how the feature I was making kind of fit into that. The other thing that I did is that I had to, um, what's it called? I had to like write out specs for like the feature that we that I was assigned to help make. So a spec is a specification. Yeah. So what you are building. Yeah, exactly. So it's like describing from like end to end what we're building, how it looks like, how it feels. I had to like make mocks of it, which was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of my job what ended up being is that it was a lot of like ad hoc stuff and it was very like self-directed right. because like I had to like understand what it is that we needed to do in order to get something starting to be built. And so it's like about like meeting different people, getting buy-in from different parties and like making sure that like everybody is like clear on what we're building and then like kind of tossing it over and uh, helping in the process of building things. So one good example would be like the developer was working on my project. She uh, he he had a bit of problems with like the API, which is sort of the thing you use to help build what we're building. And so I had to go and find the person who made the API mm -hmm. and be like, "Hey, we're having this problem. Can you please help us?" Right. Um, and so it's like a lot of little things, and so it was like a different sort of experience because. As opposed to being the person building things, you're enabling people to be building things. Did you prefer one over the other? That's a good question. Well, it doesn't have to have so straight an answer, but... Yeah, I think it's complicated. Um, the fact that as a product manager, you get experience and sort of like uh, exposure sorry not experience exposure to a lot of different things is amazing because seeing how different things are moving and seeing how products are made is really fascinating it's also very empowering because if you know what like what you're supposed to be working on is like has been worked on already you can like leverage that but the thing is, is that sometimes it feels like because of the fact that you can't actually do the building, sometimes it feels like you have like a hand tied behind your back because you, you might have all these great ideas, but you have to like ruthlessly prioritize and uh, make sure that what we're building is the right thing, not just a thing that would be cool. Right. Um, whereas as a software engineer, you just work on really cool things all the time. Or the cool things selected for you by those self-same yeah. product managers. Like you see, so it's like it's like a catch twenty two, really. Right. right. Like being a PM is great because um, you know you get to pick what we're making, but being uh, but you don't get to make it, which is like part of the sort of like, in my opinion, some of the exciting parts of actually doing things is like actually being able to make it. Right. Was that one of the advantages of being at a smaller company? The fact yeah. that you somewhat manage your own product. Exactly. So at a smaller company, it's really cool because. Um, there's such few people and there's so much work to happen that like you can actually take ownership over features. Okay. Um, also, the other thing that I slowly kind of realized is that even as a even as a software engineer, you can do a lot of like the product management yourself. In that, like you can under if because you're building the product day in day out, you understand the product end to end. And so, you if you have ideas, you can actually just build them and then be like, "Hey, PM, I made this thing in my spare time. Check it out." 
So like the ability that you have to sort of do different things and uh, take different parts in the process of building things mm-hmm. is uh, all on you. I think what it comes down to, again, is initiative. Having the initiative and the ability to kind of see things and like understand how to like do the right things in order to um, get what you want done. Mm-hmm. So that could be like finishing all of your normal work quickly so that you can tinker with other things. Or it could be doing your normal work really well in a way that you become the go-to person that everybody goes to for building things. Um, it could be it could be as a product manager, knowing what everybody's up to and maybe tinkering on the side if you want to. Um, but I think in general, like as much as these positions are very uh, static in that like a software engineer's job is to write code, a product manager's job is to like ship products. I feel like they're actually a lot more intertwined than you realize. Right. And in a bit in a smaller company, it's even more intertwined because there's so few people that you can literally do both. Right. And that means you take on more of that responsibility. Yeah, exactly. So you something interesting that happened early on in our conversation is uh, when I asked you to talk about your PEY, you didn't start with the companies. You started by saying you got to work in four different cities. Yeah. Uh, and that seems like something you were quite excited about. So could you talk a little bit about that, especially like moving, <laughs> that's a very pretty radical way to move away from home, yeah. which is to just, <laughs> to just move around like to three yeah. different places that aren't home over 60 yeah. months. So like, what kind of effect did that have on you? What was that experience yeah, like? Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, one of the things is, is that like, I like starting with like the cities as opposed to company names is because one of the things I've noticed is that whenever you say a company name, people are like, oh, damn, he works at Facebook. He must be super smart. And mm-hmm. like, I don't really like that. I guess like this is like imposter syndrome at its finest where like, I'm like, I don't, I'm not actually that smart. Like I didn't actually do anything that impressive. Right. Like, like I don't want you to think that I'm super smart because I'm not, um, or at least in my head, I don't think I am. Um, but living in many different countries is difficult but it's also awesome makes it difficult so one of the things that you don't realize or at least I didn't realize was that um, one of the most important things about like living in one place and like having your home is that you build up like a network of support so you get friends you have family uh, you have all these different sort of people who are like sort of in your corner to help you and that provides you with like a degree of sanity and it also provides you with a um, sort of safety net because like whenever you fall down you have people that help, can help you back up um, whenever you move away that's gone and so you tend to feel very lonely right. um, and that can be very difficult if you don't take steps to make that better um, so whenever I was interning, one of the things that I noticed was that, like, there were times when I felt very lonely, like London specifically, it was like really difficult because of the fact that I, um, was literally five hours ahead of everybody. And so whenever I would wake up, everybody would be asleep. And whenever I'm ready to go to sleep, everybody's at work. And so by the time everybody's like ready to phone call me from home, 
uh, it would be like midnight for me and like 7 p.m. for them. It's hard to connect with. Exactly. And, and that was very difficult. Um, that being said, like living away from home is awesome, especially in like a lot of these amazing places. Like whenever I was in London, I was able to visit more countries than I ever had in my life. So I went to London. I, I lived, went to London. I went up north to Scotland. Uh, I went to Paris for a weekend. I went to uh, Copenhagen in Denmark. I went to uh, Hungary, Budapest. I went like all these different places, right? right. And I was able to like visit them because you know Europe is very close. Um, and that was something that I'd never been able to do in my life. Um, the other thing that's really cool is that like because you're interning in different places and because you're trying to meet, meet a lot of people, you end up making a lot of cool friends. Like, um, so I interned first in San Francisco and I made a bunch of really cool friends. And then whenever I was interning in Seattle for one weekend, I actually went, I flew down to San Francisco <laughs> just to meet my friends. So like the fact that you're able to like build relationships with people from all around and then like keep those relationships is really, really cool. Because you you have like friends everywhere. Um, also, being able to be in a new city is awesome because you get to explore that new city with these people, and you sometimes actually build like really great bonds with people. Like for example, whenever I was in Seattle, there are these two friends of mine, uh, Ali and Akshay, and literally we spend almost every waking minute outside of work together. Like literally after work, I go straight to their house because they're roommates. And uh, some days they'd like be asleep and they just leave their door unlocked and I just walk into their house and just like chill on their couch. Right. Um, and so like literally you build such deep connections with people uh, and like deep bonds with people and you, you miss them after that. And it's like a very special time because you will never be with that group of people in that specific place together with that amount of like free time and ability to do things uh, than that moment. The way you're describing this is very similar to the way people would describe university. Yeah. Like first year university, and like what you described sounds like rats. Um, do you think there are some similarities there? Yeah, for sure. I think that like for me, because I didn't really have that sort of like university experience in that sense where I was Just Because you're a computer? Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like this was like my sort of like university you know, moving away from home, packing your bags, right. going to a new place, trying to make new friends, trying to, like, do well in school or work, mm -hmm. you know, like, all of those sort of things are, like, real-life skills that you gain. And so, for me, I felt that I got a lot of, like, personal growth out of it because going from, like, living at home and, like, not actually doing anything at home to, like, moving out, making your own food, um, doing your own like laundry and like having to worry about like living is completely different mm -hmm. um, and it's awesome because you know like you feel proud like I remember my cousins visited me um, whenever I was in San Francisco and like I had a home like I let them come and stay with me and like I, I cook for them eggs in the morning and like it was nice you know like Feeling like an adult. Some real adult shit. Yeah, adulting, <laughs> man. Adulting is so scary, but <laughs> it's pretty cool sometimes. Like, all of these things that, like, 
you would not I would have not experienced if I had lived at home because if I would if I had a job in Toronto like for example if I was with drop I, I live at home right and so all these different things that you couldn't experience right like the ability to kind of be impulsive about things and like there's this one weekend whenever I was in Seattle where literally like two or three days before the weekend started we're like oh let's go on a trip and so we went on a road trip just like impulsively where to uh, we went to uh, so what we did is that we drove down to this national park in uh, Oregon called uh, Crater Lake. And what we did is that we spent the day in Crater Lake and then we drove all the way up the Oregon coast and then uh, back to Seattle. Right. So it was, like, it was literally like a lot of like road trip time in the car and road tripping. And it was just a ton of fun because, you know, it was like A, impulsive, B, like everybody was just trying to have a good time and like C, the fact that we were able to like just experience nature in like a very raw form was awesome because like as we're driving like for example you see something really cool you can just hop off and you're driving in the middle of like forests and like you're whenever you're driving up the oregon coast literally you you drive and you park somewhere and it's all green and then you go up the hill and then on the other side there's just sand because it's like a beach and it's crazy like where did the sand come from you know it's like real like nature in its like raw form and that's that's amazing right so like being able to like be impulsive about things like that and being able to like have that sort of level of freedom was really cool and uh i imagine a lot of people experience the same thing whenever they come to university because they go from like living in their parents house to living on their own Mm -hmm. so like my version of that was moving away to work gotcha what do you think is the biggest difference or like a big difference uh, apart from the, the confidence of living alone between you before PUI and you after? I think for me, the main thing was like realizing that there's so much out there. Um, I grew up in Toronto. Uh, sure, we do like a lot of family road trips and stuff, but like it's a lot of like family stuff. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're like on your own, you're like out there to explore you see a lot more um and like i learned a lot more about like myself and things that i like to do so one of the things i love is like going to a new place and like eating a lot of good food Mm -hmm. uh another thing that i love is like going and seeing art so like particularly for me the thing that i find really interesting is street art so one of the things i did whenever i came back to toronto is that i went to graffiti alley because i'm like huh street art that's cool i've never done that but i gained like a newfound appreciation for it also, I better understand sort of like my rhythm in terms of like um, how I operate on a day-to-day basis. What are the things that make me tick? And I think the most important thing for me that I learned is that I had a series of questions that I wanted to kind of answer. Uh, and every single sort of experience I had had their own sort of like inbuilt sort of lesson. Can I ask what those questions were? Uh, yeah. Um, so one of them was like, thinking about like what it is what's the difference between living at home versus living away from home right another question was all about like big company versus small company mm-hmm. and the third question was like what's the difference between product management and software engineering uh-huh. um, while like I don't think I've completely answered those questions I've like made inroads and I've learned more questions that I should be asking right um the other thing, the other thing that I realized is like every single internship, I learned like a major thing, right? And those major things really, um, like I think they're gonna stick with me. Uh huh. So, uh, can I probe into that? What were those major things? Yeah. So 
my first internship was like my first time away from home while I was in San Francisco. And so I kind of learned that like living away from home can be pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of like freedom and like that's really awesome because you're able to set your schedule. And so I kind of like, like, I guess for the first time jumped into the idea of like what it's like to not be at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second internship was in Toronto. Uh, and so working at Drop, one of the things I realized is, is that the best way to kind of succeed, especially in tech or in anything really, is to like be super passionate about what you're doing. And so, like, I could see that in a lot of my coworkers where they truly believed and cared in the mission and vision of the company. Gotcha. Um, and so, like, I learned that that's something that I really need to look for is a people who care and also for me personally looking to see and find companies where I can truly invest myself into whatever the company is doing. Uh, the third thing, the third internship in London um, at Facebook, I learned that like you can be pretty lonely on your own and I learned like even whenever your job is awesome, if you don't have the right social structure around you and you don't have the right level of support around you, it can be pretty, pretty, pretty bad. That was like a thing that I truly struggled with, which was like being lonely in London. And like, it's funny because a lot of people would like come to me, uh, like a lot of people would be like, oh damn, you spent like a semester away in London with like a lot of money and you were able to like do weekend trips. That must've been amazing. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of times I was like super miserable because like I missed home and I missed family and I missed friends. And like people don't realize that. Right. Um, but I learned that, that it's important. And so going into my fourth internship, I kind of like took everything that I kind of learned and I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus really heavily on meeting a lot of people. Um, and I was going to focus really heavily on like making sure that like the way I did my life was like something that I really liked and enjoyed. And one of the things for me that I realized is that I really like operating in sort of a framework of minimizing regret. Right. And so like doing things like crazy things, even sometimes, but in a way that you know that like whenever you get old, you're like, oh, I didn't, I, I did make the most of the opportunities uh, in front of me. And so in Seattle, the thing that I realized was that like whenever you make a good group of friends and whenever, whenever you truly have like a good social support around you, you're able to like live. But um, it's even then it's kind of scary and lonely. Mm-hmm. And so it's about understanding that and like kind of wrestling with it and feeling comfortable and comfortable. Right. Um, one of the sort of like, I guess a friend of mine told me this and it's from a book. If you've ever read the book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, you'll know this. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. They say that there's two sort of states in life, right? There's uh, euphoria and fear. Um, if you're in any of these two states, then like you're doing something right. Uh, but if you're not in any one of these two states, you, you tend to start feeling comfortable. And whenever you start feeling comfortable, you get complacent. Right. So focus on opportunities where you feel like you're truly like scared or you feel like you're having a good time. Because at the end of the day, like everybody has like a finite amount of time to live. And like time is going to be the thing that's really going to get you. So don't spend your time doing things that you feel are not worthwhile especially now whenever you're students because like what's the worst thing that you can happen like getting an f on an assignment Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of other things you can do that are way more valuable right if you just take the risk 
those sound like awesome lessons to learn. Um, last thing I want to probe in on is this, like you just mentioned this feeling of, you know, we only have so much time. That's quite a thing to be acutely aware of at I'm 22 years old. Yeah. Um, what do you think brought that on? Um, I think for me, the one thing that I've like slowly been realizing though, like even though I've said that, is mm-hmm. that whenever you think about it, internships are designed to be sprints, especially tech internships where it's like 12 weeks you have one project and you have to ship that project. And uh, it's like a pretty sizable project. Like I think in London, my project was like five or 6,000 lines of code, which is a lot. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a good metric. But, but, but it's, it's quite, it's, it's not it's, it's substantial. It's not like something that's just, yeah. um, but careers are marathons. Mm-hmm. And so, because careers are marathons, you have the ability to kind of take risks because you know you can pick up slack somewhere else. But also, because careers are marathons, like not everybody is going to have the opportunity to like do like four internships. Like I got really lucky because what ended up happening is that I got my Facebook internship and then I got my drop internship and then I had nothing. So really, for the second half, the second half of PUI, like I could have been doing nothing. But I was fortunate enough that like I did well enough in my Facebook internship that I got a return offer. And then um, I was like very, very deliberate and very targeted about wanting to get Microsoft. And so I had like that lockdown in September. Um, and so like... So uh, to, to be clear, you had that lockdown in September of 2017 yep. for an internship that started in the summer of 2018. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very deliberate, very targeted. Um, so what am I getting at? I'm getting at is like having an understanding of like the fact that like in school things are a rush, mm-hmm. but over time in life, like things are kind of a marathon. You have to realize that like in that sort of scenario, like as you get older, you become more risk averse and you have more like, because you get less time to like make mistakes. So right now we have so much time to make mistakes. And so it's totally worth doing something high risk mm-hmm. because you grow a lot more because nothing worth doing is easy. Right. I guess one thing to wrap up on is now that you're done your PUI, you have looking forward onto fourth year and yeah. beyond. Well, how does that feel? And what do you think that's going to look like? Yeah, I'm super excited for fourth year. Fourth year is going to be awesome because it's like the pinnacle of like schooling. Yeah, like I, I personally love school. Um, like even though I don't like get really good grades, I love the environment that we're in in school. I love the fact that we're learning constantly. I love the fact that we work on things. Like for me, like the most memorable thing in third year that happened was that we had a, we had a midterm, an assignment due at midnight, and an assignment due at 10 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> so naturally, we uh, pulled an all-nighter. We finished the assignment by like 8 a.m.-ish and uh, went out for breakfast and then we came, we handed in the assignment and uh, we just collapsed. Uh, but that for me is like school. I love that. Uh, I love that. Like just that sort of energy and that sort of like vibe of like being in school and like constantly improving and learning. So I'm like super excited for school. Um, beyond that though, I'm like, I'm like really scared. Like adulting is kind of scary graduating is, yeah like it's super scary because like in school there's like a predefined sort of like deadline there's like predefined sort of like you know rules and expectations 
Whereas like in real life, it's just like the wild, wild west. And like, it's a marathon, right? So at the end of the day, it's not the ending. You can't see the end. Uh, you just have to trust that every day you're doing the right things. And that's kind of scary, but it's exciting too, because, you know, if school was life, then you'd never get anything done. Because at the end of the day, you have to like stop learning and start executing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Was there one? I mean, you've said a lot over the past, over, like, over the course of this episode. Right? Like, it's been awesome talking to you. Yeah, thank was, you for having me. Yeah. Was, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, I think that, like, if any students are listening to this, um, really make PUI a time that you can, like, learn and grow about yourself. Because at the end of the day, the thing about PUI that you're not you're gonna remember is not like the work you did, but rather the sort of growth and learning that you had. Um, because you're able, especially if you're able to kind of break it up or like do different things, you can really try and experiment and fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the worst that can happen? You go back to school. Doesn't sound so bad. Exactly, <laughs> and uh, it's awesome because. Never are you ever going to have like a year to like just do whatever without real consequences compared to like whatever you're out in the real world with yourself and you have to like take care of yourself and you have to, you know, make sure that you're fed and all of that. And sure, while that is the case during PUI, worst case scenario, you can just go back to school and just continue on as though nothing happened. Gotcha. Um, I know you're quite passionate about helping people with yeah. the career things and you're quite open as a mentor to just being a product of so many mentors. Um, is there any like, good place people can reach you if they like, have uh, questions? Uh, yeah, about? yeah. use the Facebook. Use the I, Facebook. I love the Facebook. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, <laughs> what, what's your name on Facebook? Uh, so it's like fb.me slash msmonic. Um but also, like, if you somehow tangentially know me, just uh, feel free to try and get an intro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm always super down to, like, talk to somebody. Or uh, if if you don't know me, just, like, reach out. Like, the thing, the thing that I realized is that because I'm the product of, like, so many people who have helped me out, it's really important to pay it forward. And uh, it's exciting because I feel now that, like, because I've gone through this experience, I'm in a position to help people who might be looking to do that and uh, I'm most excited to hear about how I can do that. Well, that's awesome. I'm sure you'll have people reaching out. Yeah. All right. So uh, that brings us to the end of this uh, inaugural episode of That Thing I Did for a Year. Um, I've been Ilya. We'll see you next time.